<laughs> you mentioned earlier um, one of the competitions that you've recently been in is an Edgar competition. What can you tell us about them? And obviously yeah, so, when you go to their competitions, what, how is it different? So Edgar is the European Disabled Golf Association. So that's basically like a massive organisation within the European golf. And um, it's got, so basically you get like an Edgar pass. So you, it's free, you don't have to pay for it. Um, and you become an Edgar player and you can play in any event you want, um, whether that's abroad, um, in England or whatever, wherever you live. And you can play with people with a disability so that it's a much fairer field than the standard club comp or your national competition. Um, for example, the English Disability Open, which is run by England Golf, but it's an Edgar event as well because you get world ranking points. So you've got either Stableford's, Nets, Gross, um, for example, you've got Kit Popa, who was obviously on the European Tour the other month or so ago um, with Edgar. So they provide European Tour opportunities for the top eight ranked disability players. Um, so obviously that's amazing because, you know, some of the, I think Kip wants to turn pro if he hasn't already and he's got cerebral palsy in his bottom half and he won the English Open with a disability. So, you know, it just shows that even though these players have got a disability, they can perform at this high level. And Edgar have done a massive job. And like you say, with the row series, um, it, it's not as level with the men's side yet. Well, it never has been in any way, has it really? Um, but with the row series, obviously, they've... They provided the buggies, um, so the buggies have been provided. They've obviously got paths, um, and that I think they've allowed, uh, um, let us go off about half an hour before, and we're off the same tees as the pros as well. So it's literally the same level, you're getting the experience, and obviously. But no, I think Edgar have done a massive job in terms of that, and hopefully we'll just keep going forward with the criteria and getting inclusivity in golf. Super. I noticed on Instagram you referenced the um, uh, the tees. How, how did you? Uh, <laughs> how did that impact performance? Because obviously, I can imagine the. Uh, yeah, it was uh... <laughs> the distance, but I can imagine some holes. There were certainly some courses I played where the the position, the t you know, the actual, you know, the, yeah. the tee shot that you're playing can just be a totally different experience altogether. Yeah, it's it was obviously a completely different thing. Like I've never played off pro tees before, so it was a bit of a. I'd say um, not a shock, but like, whoa, this is really hard, like far back. Um, but no, it also helps you with course management because, as you said there, it's like you're thinking, oh, well, I would have played the shot of that tee, but here I've got to play something else. Um, so it changes your mindset completely. And I think it also appreciates how good some of these players are on the actual tools yes. because, you know, shooting like under par rounds, um, it's just phenomenal and then the greens are completely different to club standard like 14 on the stimp or something which is ridiculously fast but again it's it's um, making it inclusive and it's you know getting those people with a disability playing on that level and showing yeah we can play on the same tees as pros we can play on the same course and hopefully that will just keep on going next year. Superb. I mean, one of the other things that we also wanted to talk about as well is um, because obviously disabled golf, it's it's polarised in terms of, you know, the, the, the full extent of the disability itself, but also 
what we wanted to try and emphasise the conversation towards was junior disabled golf as well. Um, obviously, you've entered golf at a very early age, and you've well, obviously you're still so young, <laughs> considering the amazing work that you've done. Um, so, so con- I suppose conquering disabled dis- disabled access is one thing, but what is then done to try and empower um, junior disabled golfers uh, again to, to 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 promote their um, involvement as well? Yeah, obviously, a lot of the disabled golf community is full of adults and people in their twenties or mid twenties. So, yeah, I think the um, person that I played with at the closest age is Heather Gilks, who's from Coventry, and she's I think she's a bit younger than me. No, she's similar. I think she's the same age. Um, but you know, that's the only person I've came across that's a similar age to me that plays in the Edgar community or with a disability. So I think in terms of um, getting the participation in with junior disabled golf is making it fun and making it encouraging because golf can be some juniors if they're, you know, I, I use, um, when I do the sessions a lot, I use this brand called Color Path Golf, which is like, you've got um, a bag for the kit, which is all like rulers, alignment sticks, um, putting plates, mats, and all sorts. And it's basically full of different colors, so red, green, yellow, blue. Um, and it really encourages the youngsters to get into golf because they see this color and you can make a lot of fun games out of it. So I think the main thing is you need to keep it fun. Um, but the one thing that you shouldn't do, especially with like parents, is force them into it. Mm. Don't obviously force your kids into doing it if they don't want to, because if you should, like my dad says um, to other parents, it sh- to me anyway, it should be the kid wanting to go. Obviously, if they're not, if they're, if you're like, come on, let's go, come on, let's go, let's let's go, let's go, and they're like, I don't want to, I'm not interested, then there's no point keep forced because it's it's just going to give them a bad, or, or wrong representative of golf. Um, but if the child's like, yeah, I really want to go and have a, a range session on Skytruck Bay or just a general range, go to the range, then that's how it should be. And that that shows then that they're wanting to do it. Yeah. We spoke with Andy Little um, a couple of weeks back now from Little Golfers. And Andy mentioned that when he first started out, there was a lot of funding for him to get involved with the schools. Um, local schools and he was going into these schools and he was teaching children um, about golf getting them involved um, you know lots of fun lots of games he also said that um, part of what he was doing was working with children with disabilities who you know have never had access to golf before all of a sudden you know they're they're trying something new they're engaging on whatever level their their ability allows but they're engaging with this sport um, they're enjoying it. They're having fun. What he mentioned was that there was lots of funding around at the time that supported that. Um, do you think that there should be more golf in schools, more golf access to, um, you know, kind of specialist schools for disabled children? What What's your take on the whole kind of primary age, um, primary age children within golf? Yeah, I think, like you say, schools is a massive part of it because, you know, if they're introduced to it at school, then obviously, you know, every child's got to go to school pretty much. So obviously if they've got it provided to them and the people coming to them, then it's, you know, 
it's not a choice as such. They're like being provided it straight away. So I think in terms of like funding, obviously if somebody wants to go and deliver a session and they can't quite afford the equipment, then obviously like going back to like England Golf, whether they could provide a little bit of funding for them, um, but at least they're trying to make a difference and trying to show that to these youngsters, which also as well with the youngsters, if they've got their school friends with them um, and people that they get along well with and they can have a really good time and really good fun, then, you know, like I said, if you're making enjoyment out of it, making, having fun games, they could have little games against their friends um, because children can be very competitive. So I think just making it as fun as possible. But if there's obviously, if you're delivering it to the school, then it's a massive opportunity for them to say to their parents when they go back, oh, dad, or oh, mom, I've just tried golf out today. I want to go and have a lesson. Yeah, and that's where the key yeah. bit is. That's where the key bit is. Um, yeah. If you've got your child, go, if you're delivering that session and you've got the child remembering that and going, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I want to go and give it a go. Then that's how you're going to get it. Yeah. Or, yeah can I just say sorry yeah, our nephew is actually um he's got down syndrome and he attends a, a special school um and the access that he's had you know to kind of uh it started off with like when he was younger and he's 14 now 15 mm. now um he had access um to swimming you know he's now at the age where he's trying kayaking um he was horse riding with his school you know that wasn't something that at the time, his parents thought that he would take an interest in or, you know, that they had access to. It wasn't something that any of them had kind of had a background in. Um, but by providing those opportunities to him amongst his friends who were also doing the same thing, you know, he kind of flourished. It was, um, I think I think it's really important when you put children in that kind of environment, that school environment, they're with the friends, they're more likely to try new things. Mm -hmm. They're more likely to engage with, with what's on offer there. friends encourage them as well yeah yeah it makes a huge difference yeah they go on their own and they've got no idea what that sport is or game is then it's very unlikely that they're just going to turn up to a golf club and go oh yeah i want to give golf go they'll probably have no idea what it is at that age so if they've got somebody coming into it to the school providing it like you say with their friends around them yeah. it's just a whole different um environment for them and it's very likely for them to give it a go I think I think what's really interesting from this comment, I feel like I've got so many so, so many he's things. Scribbling just, every yeah, time you say yeah. something, he's scribbling. Because yeah, I think <laughs> I think fundamentally what it comes down to is that it's it's the introduction in really early years. You, you know, regardless yeah. of regardless of, of, of ability, mm. um, or even you know, because I think what you've referenced earlier on is that your entry into golf was based on your father being interested in yeah. golf. Is that right? And, and, and when I when I think back to when I first started playing, there was only four channels on the TV and my dad um, started showing an interest. Oh, yeah. And then, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, then I, but then I learned. But then I think that, you know, I look at Isaac now. Isaac's eight years old and I'm pretty confident that he's the only person in his school that plays golf. But I'm also very confident in saying that if, if golf was introduced in schools, there would yeah. be more than just one person yeah. that was interested oh, in golf okay. because golf's got that very magical thing about it. 